Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. And unfortunately, the the last episode of the podcast, uh, even though it's been going really well, Meg and I are super busy and have decided that this is going to be the last week of the Hello Storyteller podcast. And we're like really, really upset about it. And we'd be even more upset about it if it wasn't an April Fool's joke. Ha ha, April Fool's. <laughs> I'm so glad I muted myself because I'm dying. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so mean. <laughs> Just kidding. Can't get rid of us that easy. <laughs> I hate April Fool's. So do I. I really don't like them at all. <laughs> I just want to let you all know that I was cringing and crying on the inside the entire time that Mel was doing this, and it was her idea. Okay, whoa. Whoa. First of all, that is a bold-faced lie. Secondly, I said, do you want to start this by saying we're ending the podcast with April Fool's joke? And she exuberantly said, yes, let's do that. Do not try to throw me under the bus. And then I said, I'm going to have to be serious. And she goes, I'm going to have to mute myself because I'm going to be laughing the entire time. That is how it went down. In any case, I welcome. I still didn't like it. I st- <laughs> <laughs> welcome, friends. We're still here. Don't worry. You can't get rid of ever. No, no. So point. welcome. I'm hot. <laughs> oh, boy. Welcome to this week's episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. Nothing new here. Just Meg cackling her head off. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided that we wanted to do, I don't know, this might end up being a multi-part situation because I feel like there's more to cover than we're going to be able to cover in one episode. So I mean, and I think we only have 30 minutes to do it this time. So yeah, yeah I think it will have to be segmented. It's going to have to be. Yeah. So this is going to be part one of a series that we're calling passion to profit. Oh, I really like that. This is becoming a series. Thank you. I'm excited. You're Thank welcome. You. <laughs> All Mel's idea. She's made up that title approximately three minutes ago. So. <laughs> and it's, it's great. <laughs> so what we wanted to talk about, we've gotten some feedback from some of our listeners. Thank you very much. Yay. That people wanted to have a little more information about business, about starting a photography business. And so we thought that we would start to do that. So we're going to sort of jump in here and we have a couple of different topics that we want to talk about today. And we're going to, we're going to cover them. We're not going to go like super duper in depth because we are planning to Hopefully this year, create a business course, build your photography business course through Hello Storyteller. And so for an in-depth look, you know, we want to make sure that we save some content for that. But we did want to start with sort of like an overview of the first steps you need to take. If you are someone that is thinking about wanting to take the next steps to take your passion for photography and make it into a business. So before we sort of start talk about the steps that you need to take to make your business sort of street legal, wanted to talk a little bit about turning your passion into a business. And I sort of, I'm going to put this information out there and I think everyone can do their own sort of self inventory because I think it's important to know that For some people, deciding to take your passion project, whatever it is, photography, art, hair, makeup, like whatever it is, and then making the decision to turn it into a business, it does change it. 
it does change the connection you have to it. It changes the relationship you have to it. And it, it's going to vary from person to person to person, right? If you decide, if you, let, let's say you have a full time nine to five job. Okay. And you like, this is a side hustle for you. Then maybe that sort of financial pressure isn't there for you. And you'll take on sessions you want and you won't do anything you don't want to. And then, you know, it's fine. But if you're someone that's looking to make a career change, if you're someone that's looking to have this business become your primary source of income, whether it's for yourself or for your family, then it does change the dynamic of your relationship whatever with whatever your passion happens to be. And I think it's important to sort of note because we know social media, right? It's a highlight reel and everyone talks about all these fantastic sessions they do. And I'm guilty of this, right? I'm, I'm, I'm plastering my feet with my sessions from California right now. <laughs> I'm like, that was so amazing. And it was 110%. But I am a full-time photographer. That is what I do. I don't have another nine to five job. Like my photography business is the main source of income for, for me. That is my only source of income <laughs> like that. That is what I do. And fortunately, I happen to love both the creative side and the business side of this. But for some people, they find that once they sort of like take that path, that offshoot into turning it into a business, that it becomes less fun. And I think that that's just a normal part of any sort of transition. And so I would just say, you know, sort of take stock and, and figure out why. Why do you want to take that step from taking pictures for yourself to taking pictures for clients and what is motivating you to make that change and make that switch. And there's no wrong answer to that question. I think it's important for you to know because that can help give you something to focus on. And so, and just know that those feelings of overwhelm, those feelings of like imposter syndrome, those feelings of, I don't know, WTF I'm doing with business stuff. Um, those are normal and they come, they come with the territory of sort of transitioning into using that passion as a business, as a way to generate income for yourself. Um, so I always sort of like to put that information to really think about what it is and why you want to move into that direction of, of trying to generate income from this. So just something to sort of think about. That being said, I would say the very first thing that you want to do to start a business is you need to have goals, right? And, and I was, I'm sure someone's like, oh, she's going to say clients or she's going to, no, you need to have goals. And actually, I know Meg and I have talked about this before and I found it. Did I tell you that I found it? So no. I did, I found it. Oh. So I know I'm in a total, I'm a hundred percent going to frame it. So we talked about, we talked about this in several podcasts, but back in 20, was it uh, 2016, yes. Megan is when Megan and I initially met. And we each made goals and we each set goals. And I think I talked about this in another podcast. I wrote them down on the back of like a flyer my kid had brought home from school. <laughs> and, but I, there was like probably eight goals on there. And you need to have goals. And I'm not saying that you need to be setting like super crazy, unattainable goals. In fact, I would, I would encourage the opposite. You need to create goals that are attainable and goals that have actionable steps. You need to take your goal and you need to break it down into steps. So how many sessions do you want to do? What kind of sessions do you want to do? How much are you looking to make? Like very actionable goals to start with because it helps you be able to focus. Sometimes I think in making that change into starting a business, if you've never started a business before, there's so many moving parts. It can feel so incredibly overwhelming that you 
find yourself sort of floundering. Like, I don't know where to put my energy first. Like, do I try to get clients? Do I try to book sessions? Like there's so many things. And the first step is having a good business plan. And the first step to a business plan is having goals. (laughs) So you need to start there. And it can be things you jot down on a napkin. It doesn't have to be anything like, you know, typed out or formally like whatever's going to work for you. But what are some things that you can work on? And you know what? I think it's also and I don't know, maybe it's just me. I like to put goals down that I know I'm going to be able to hit because I want to be able to be like, I can check that off my list. I did a good job in addition to some things that are like things I'm striving for. But I think goal setting is a hugely important part of the process, because if you don't know what you're working toward, then how do you know how to what to focus on? So I would say goals are the first step. And I, I always sort of have a little goal writing session for myself at the beginning of the year and sort of figure out what is it I want to do and how do I think I'm going to get there. And, and I've talked before about the fact that I don't talk to anybody about my goals. I keep them very private because I haven't, I put enough pressure on myself. I don't need anybody else's perceived pressure on me to achieve these goals. So I set them, I write them down and I talk to nobody about them (laughs) (laughs) because I'm just like, I don't, I don't want the pressure of knowing somebody else is out there. I don't want to feel like I'm a failure if I don't meet them. If if I'm the only one that knows about them, (laughs) then I just personally, I feel better. Now, some people like to share their goals with somebody else. And I say, you do you, whatever is going to work for you to help you stay focused and help you stay motivated is what you need to focus on is what you need to do. Meg, what are, where do you fall in the goal making camp? Are you like let me share it with people or are you like, I'm going to keep this under, under wraps? I feel like I have a select few that I continuously talk shop with, you Mm -hmm. being one of them. And then I have a few other people that I chat with quite often, one every day, just because it keeps me creative. It it holds me accountable. Not that they're going to, you know, do anything to me if I don't meet my goals, (laughs) but they will be like, hey, you know, aren't you working on this? Or they let me be a sounding board. And I can bounce my ideas off or I can just like chat it out as, you know, I think it through. And and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I just figured that out. Thanks for listening. You know, even though they didn't do anything, they're just there right. to kind of to kind of be present and supportive for for me and my creative uh, endeavors. And one thing that I, that really helps me is to really envision my vision. So whether it's creating mm-hmm. a vision board or whether it's, um, you know, just getting like, like colors together. For instance, like putting the studio studio together. I've never had a studio. I've never really worked indoors other than inside my own home. So trying to put something together, actually, I was, I was basically renovating two spaces at the same time because my, my studio office, it's two different rooms. So I was designing and, um, design my office and the studio. And I had just had no idea what to do. So with that, like I, I did, I contacted other friends that I had that work, you know, in studio work and client work that I wanted to bounce ideas off of or get their advice and from their experience. So it really helps to just kind of have those creative friends to talk to. And then, like I said, making a vision board. So whether you're just finding colors that you like, textures that you like, quotes that you like, just different things and just kind of putting it all together. Pinterest is just, I mean, it's a great platform to put all those ideas together and just really see them in one 
space. I'm such a visual person that I, as well as auditory, I need to see all the things uh, to really have my vision come into place. So it took me a while for the studio and which kind of leads me down to my next path of test it out. Once you have your vision, like go in there and, and just try things like I went in there with a bare space and then I put in some furniture and then I was like, I need something else. And so I put in some tables and some macrame on the wall. And then I was like, okay, well, it's too white in here. So then I added some color to one wall. So I had another space that wasn't just the same everywhere. And it really made it versatile. And I think that sort of segues us into, even if you're not someone that has a, is looking at a physical space like a studio, um, maybe you don't know exactly what type of sessions you want to do, right? Maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I want to try out different things and see how I feel about it. And I, I think that's totally okay. When you're starting your business, I think that's fine to do that because you, have, you, you don't know what you are going to like and you don't know what you're not going to like until you try it, until you do it. And whether that's in creating a space like a studio space like Meg is doing or whether it's like figuring out hey do I want to do families do I want to do weddings do I want to do seniors do I want to do branding like you're not going to know until you try I thought for sure I'd love senior sessions I do not <laughs> I do not love senior sessions at all and so I've gotten inquiries for them this year and I'm just like nope let me refer you out to people that do them because I don't like them and so that's yeah. where model sessions doing a, like a call for model sessions is I think super important to, to starting your business. And the reason is because you have control over those. You can choose the models. You can choose the location. You can help with styling to like, as, as Meg was saying, right? You talk about like a vision board, like your model sessions are your vision board in being able to set up the aesthetic that you want, yep. that you want to attract that you want those types of clients, right? To see your work and be like, ooh, I wanna do that. Or I want a session like that. And so model sessions are great because you can, there's no financial commitment there. You don't have to worry about, a, you know, a financial sort of commitment to your client and you can play and you can get creative and you can try things. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like if you don't, you know, if you, if you do the session and you deliver the photos and you think to yourself like, this was okay, but I don't wanna do this type of session again, then don't do it. But you really need to figure out what is going to work for you and and what types of sessions you want to do to be able to put your business together. And you'll hear wildly different opinions on niching down and how important it is niche down. You should only do one thing. I don't agree with that. I run two very successful photography businesses. One is a wedding business and one is a family portrait business. And I enjoy, but, and I also do branding. So like, clearly I'm not on the niche down train here, but I will say that like, it's important to know what you want to do. And so whether that is through creating a vision board, whether it is through having model sessions and a model session is a great way. If you're not someone that has a client base already, then doing a model call is super helpful because then you already have those people. And if they had a good experience during their model session with you, then you can ask them like, hey, make sure you, you know, would you mind sharing my name the next time somebody asks? And that sort of leads us into marketing. And if you're anything like me, you hear the word marketing and you immediately are like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea how to do this. And I will say that the biggest, the biggest 
part of marketing is that you have to, when you are running your own business, you have to be comfortable with marketing yourself. Yep. And like, and I know, cause it took me a really long time having come from uh, an outside profession into starting a photography business. It took me a really long time to feel comfortable calling myself a photographer. I don't know what the roadblock was for me exactly. I don't know if I felt like I had to reach some sort of like, I don't know, imaginary threshold to be able to call myself that. But I just had a really hard time saying like, I'm a photographer when people ask me, what do I do? And so it's you, baby. Like you have to be comfortable in saying like, oh, I'm a photographer. Here's my business card. Or, you know, walking into local businesses in your area and saying, hey, would you mind if I drop my business cards here? Like you have... No one else is going to do it for you. So you have to become comfortable in talking about yourself and talking about your business. Because if you don't, why are other people? And no one should be talking about your business louder than you are. At this point, I would say more than 90% of my business is referrals from other customers. And so I still market the crap out of my businesses every single day. But the majority of my inquiries are coming from clients I've worked with before. And that is a beautiful place to be. It took a while to get there. But you have to be willing to market yourself. You just have to. And like that part can be really scary because you have to sort of like have confidence and belief in yourself. Yeah, I was talking about this with uh, one of our mentors yesterday. and And I was telling them, you know, there's multiple things about writing and selling courses or, or presets or anything that you're selling, you know, uh, or trying to make a profit of. And it's, it's experience, it's confidence, it's gumption, like just having that go-getter, like ability to just throw yourself out there and really just go get it. Because like Mel said, no one else is going to work harder for it than you are. So if you just have to have that confidence. And I think that's why, again, for me, it took a long time to get to this space of building a business with clients because I didn't have that gumption. I wasn't confident yet in in my ability and my experience in photography and or business. And it took it took time for me to get there and to really find that gumption within myself as a as an artist, as an entrepreneur and businesswoman, like it took a, it took a while. It took ten years to get here. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I was doing other things in the in the midst of it. But you know, I uh, you just you you have to have that too, and that really goes hand in hand with marketing. I feel it's just the ability to really put yourself out there and not really give a crap about what people think, and just if you mm-hmm. want it. If you want it, people are going to see that and they're going to want it too. So just, you know, mindset and putting that stuff out there really helps. It really does. And I'm going to use, I'm going to give a small, small anecdotal story because I was in my town's Facebook group the other day and I happened to see this and it was interesting because there was some dialogue happening underneath this person's post. And I was like, well, that's interesting, but it just goes to show like you can do it, whatever it is that you feel like you want to do, you can do it. And the example I'm going to give you is totally not at all connected to photography, but someone I remember like months ago had posted in our town, this is a real departure. So excuse me for a moment, but like someone in our town months ago had posted asking if there was anybody in the town or any businesses near us that did like pet waste pickup, like to come to your house and basically pick up your pet's poop in the backyard. And 
I remember thinking like, huh, that's an interesting ask. And so this has been months and months now. And so someone posted, oh, hey, I got this referral for this company and they've done an amazing job. And so somebody in the comments apparently had took, took great offense at this. Like, why would that even be a business? Why did what, you, you're so lazy, you can't pick up after your pet. And it was like, well, no, perhaps the person is not, not able-bodied, perhaps, you know, there's, there could be a lot of reasons why that's not something you can do. And so, but it was just to me, I was like, okay, somewhere along the way I said, you know what, this is a pain point for people. Like making sure your yard is clean, making sure your pet waste is picked up. Like there's a pain point there. There's a population there that needs this. So somewhere along the way, I was like, I'm just going to put myself out there and be like, I will gladly come to your house and pick up your pet's poop. And yep. there's a market for it. And the thing is, like, whenever anyone says to me, the market is so saturated for photographers, I really push back and I and I have to say, like, is it saturated or are you just not being able to figure out who your people are? Because there are enough people for all of the photographers that there happen to be. And like I mentioned this in not last week, but the week before's podcast episode about the trip to California that I took. The four, the four other photographers I went with, they all live in the same town. Like they literally (laughs) live in the same zip code and all have incredibly successful, incredibly profitable businesses. So I don't believe it for a hot second, but that goes to marketing and it goes to knowing who your clients are. And the only way that you're going to be able to know who your clients are is to figure out what kind of people do you want to work with and really figuring out how to reach those people. So like, where do those people work? What do they do for a living? Where do they live? Where do they fall in the socioeconomic status? What kinds of families do they have? Like you need to know those pieces of information to be able to market to the right people. And it's not just a matter of saying yes to every opportunity that comes your way. Although I know that is sort of sometimes the inclination when you first start a business is to be like, sure, I'll do it. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Like you can still be like, what's the word? Not picky, but there's another word for it. I can't think of it now, but like you can still, you can still be picky, I guess, about what jobs you take. Even when you're starting your business, you don't have to say yes to everything, but figure out who your people are, because that's going to help you figure out your marketing efforts and you need to market everywhere, social media, in person, word of mouth, reach out to family and friends, tell them you've started this business, what they share for you. Like, and you don't have to spend any money on the marketing either. Whatever it is you're going to do in marketing, you just need to be consistent with it. So if you can only commit to posting on social media twice a week, that's fine. Talk to anybody that does any sort of social media thing. They will tell you consistency is more important than frequency. And I say that as someone who is not at all consistent on social media, Um, (laughs) but if, you, if you're going to commit to posting twice a week, then commit to posting twice a week and keep that as your schedule. But when you walk into your local coffee shop, strike up a conversation with the person that works there. Ask them what, you know, if they're ever looking for a photographer, have your business cards, hand them out, pass them out, make yourself available for opportunities. So any of the places where you come into contact with people, whether it's your dentist office, your doctor's office, the PTA, the coffee shop barista, like those are marketing points. And what is the worst? I always say, you know what? If I say to them, hey, if you're ever in need of a photographer, I'd love if you'd consider me. That's it. 
I'm not asking them to spend any money. I'm not asking them to book it right then and there. I just want to be at the top of their mind. I want to be the person that they think of when they hear someone is looking for a photographer. And the only way to be at the top of somebody's mind is if you are consistently marketing yourself. So whatever it is you feel like you can do, I don't pay for marketing ever. I have never paid for marketing in the six years I've run a business. I've done a couple of Facebook ads and that's it. So it is, in, it is entirely possible to run a successful, profitable, growing business and never pay for marketing, but you have to be comfortable with marketing yourself and all of the opportunities that become available for you to do so. And then the last thing that I will say, and we'll probably talk about this more and maybe like episode two of, of our passion to profit is the second that you start taking money, you need to have a contract. <laughs> I don't care if they pay you $5. The second that money exchanges hands, you need to have a contract because for your protection and for their protection. And we'll talk more about that, but just know in order to be street legal, it does not matter how much money you are, you are asking for your sessions. If you are taking on clients, if you are exchanging money for that, for that session, you need to have a contract. Anything else that we want to add Meg to this episode? I would just say always learn and grow. I mean, there's always room for that. So if, uh, if you feel stuck or if you need some business advice or, you know, you need something fresh to shoot to get those creative juices flowing, like, don't be afraid to learn something new or grab a course from HS. <laughs> or reach out for a mentorship. You, yeah. you should be willing to invest money in your business to help your own education and your own growth and your own understanding. And so if you are someone that's looking for a mentor um, in business, we have several, myself included, that offer mentorships. Mine is specifically focused on business. And I'm going to drop some information here for you about an in-person opportunity that's happening actually next month if you happen to be in the Massachusetts area. And so stay tuned because there'll be a little commercial at the end of this to talk to you about an in-person opportunity to literally help you start and grow your business. And with that, we're going to leave you begging for more. So Ooh. tune in. <laughs> <laughs> and we will let you know <laughs> when our next installment of Passion to Profit is coming up. I like it. All right. All right. All right. So Have a just great week, let everybody. you all know, we're not <laughs> going anywhere. We're not. That was an April Fool's joke. We'll be here next week. Don't you fret. <laughs> Don't fret, my pet. All right. Yeah. Bye, friends. Bye. If you are someone that has always wanted to start a photography business, or maybe you have started one and you're just feeling a little lost or frustrated or confused. We wanted to make you aware of the lifestyle workshop. The lifestyle workshop is being held by myself, Melissa Ortendahl, my partner, Megan Kanan. We are two family and wedding lifestyle photographers located in Massachusetts. And we have been holding this workshop for the last two years. This workshop is focused on helping you build your business, whether it hasn't even started yet, whether it's a couple years in or whether you're ready to sort of level up your business. That's what this workshop is designed to help you do. We spend eight hours together and we cover it all. This is a fluff free workshop. It is designed to give you tangible 
implementable steps to take to put a business plan together, a marketing plan together to get all of your questions answered about what it means to start and run and grow a successful and profitable photography business. Meg and I created this workshop because we've been where you've been. We each built and grew our own businesses from the ground up, from nothing, while raising small children. And we remember what that felt like, how frustrated we were at times, how sort of alone and isolated we felt. And we don't want anybody else to go through that. So come join us Sunday, April 24th, Amesbury, Massachusetts, for the Lifestyle Workshop. Details and registration information are found in the show notes. Hope to see you there.